Hello, you're listening to the Osana Houston podcast. Osana Houston is a church for all people transforming lives through love and generosity. Here, we revisit Sunday sermons from Pastor Edwin Guerra. If you're watching us online, welcome to another week. This is week four of the I Am series that we're in. And today we're going to speak on the pursuit of holiness. And I'll start with a question, and the question is, has there ever been a time in your life that you have been convicted by God's Holy Spirit through His Word that you are a sinner? Have you ever broken any of God's laws? I want you to think about this for a minute. Let's just... Let that sink in a little bit. And if we're honest, I can say today to, all, to everybody that everyone here, all of us, have at some point lied. And if you say, no, not me, then you just did. One of the commandments is don't steal. If you've ever taken anything that did not belong to you, no matter what the value it was, we've broken God's commandment. If I say and read one of the commandments that says, don't commit adultery, and please don't let yourself off the hook so quickly. Because Jesus said, if you just look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery already in your heart. So we've broken that commandment. Do not take the name of the Lord God in vain. You might say, well, well I work on that. I tell my kids not. Like, don't use God's name in vain. But if you ever have called yourself a Christian and yet behaved in such a way that brings dishonor to God, then that's blasphemy. That's a sin. And we've used his name in vain. Or if I read, do not murder, most of us here say, whoa, whoa, that one for sure I have not done. And again, I say, don't quickly run to conclusions because you may say, I haven't done that. But scripture says that if you hate someone, you've committed murder. 1 John 3.15, if you have your Bible or read it up there, it says, anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life within them. Now, that's just a few that we can look into here. And I dare to say that all of us here have broken all of the commandments. The book of James chapter 2 says this, verse 10, For the person who keeps all of the laws except one, is as guilty as a person who has broken 
all of God's laws. And I think that we can be honest here and know that we've all broken God's laws. And just like when we break a law here on earth, there is a penalty. The same way when we break God's laws, there is a penalty. And we all need to hear this. Because if any of us die today in our sins without Christ, we will go to a horrific place, a real place called hell. If anyone ever doesn't understand this clearly, then we have a misconception of what eternity means without God. I mean, and that's forever. Like, it will never end. And to tell people, oh, or to paint a soft picture of hell to people, we are doing a disservice. We can't tell people just if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you'll be separated from him for eternity. That's painting a soft picture of hell to people. Because most people, when you say that to them, it doesn't even frighten them. They'll say, eternally separated from God. So what? I don't even believe in God, really. That's what happens. They don't care because they don't know God. They don't care because they don't love God. So, I'll ask this tough question, but do you know what the worst part of hell is? The worst part of hell is that God is there. So it's completely wrong to say that we are separated from God for eternity when we tell that to people. No, it is a horrific place and we need to be aware and I know some of you are thinking, what are you talking about? God is in hell. Revelation chapter 14 says that those who die and go to the lake of fire are tormented in the presence of the holy, holy angels and the lamb. So, yes, we are separated relationally, relationally from God. But not eternally. If we die in our sin, please hear this out. There is no hope for us. If we die in our sin, there is no hope for us. So I say all of this, please hear this. You may think, what a horrible way to start the service. What a gloomy start. But I say this to show you and for you and I to understand that this is why the cross of Jesus is so beautiful. Because without the cross, then we are doomed. Without the cross, we have no hope. There is no good deed that I can do to change what awaits 
in eternity without Jesus Christ. God made a way of escape. He made a way for you and I to be righteous before him. Think about it. He made a way for you to be sinless before a holy God. He sent Jesus to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He fulfilled all the laws, not only the Ten Commandments, but the rest of the requirements that he needed to fulfill so that you and I can live eternally. Jesus took the wrath of God that you and I deserved. He took our place. That is the eternal hope that we have. And now Jesus has risen. He has victory over death, over the grave, and over hell itself. The only way to escape the wrath of God is for you and I to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The only way that we have any hope is for us to come to an understanding that we must repent of our sins. I just started with mentioning a few of the commandments. Have you ever lied? You understand what I'm saying? If we go down the list, we can see that we've committed all these sins. And our only hope is through Jesus Christ to repent Look at the Bible, Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, and look at what it says. Galatians 2, 16 says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. So the only way you can be, have a right standing with God is by you knowing and understanding that Jesus came to this earth and made a way for you and I to have this eternal gift of life. And it says, not by obeying the law. So there's nothing you can do. There's no good deeds, enough good deeds that you can do. But you can only have faith in Jesus, right? And it says, and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God. Because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. So you may be the best and kindest person in the world. But apart from Jesus, we have no hope. So I stand here today saying, please hear this out. Repent of your sins. Come to Jesus. God is holy, and he demands us through Jesus Christ to do the same. If you are in any way living in sin, habitual sin, whatever that sin it may be, it doesn't matter. You need to know that there is no room for that in heaven. There is no room for that in heaven. There is no way you and I can be deceived and think, oh, God understands me. He loves me. I'll make it. Do not play with your eternity that way because you won't. The question is how? And the call is to repentance. Repent, cry out to God, beg him. 
for your forgiveness. Repent in a genuine way, a way that leads you to turn from your current sins. That means whatever's happening in your life, you turn away 180 degrees and you go the opposite way. So what is repentance? Thank you for asking. Repentance means that we are experiencing a change of mind that now sees God as true, beautiful, and worthy of all of our praise and all of our obedience. That means you are willing, please hear this out, to obey everything that the scripture says. And I'll say this, it's not about having a guilty conscience or feeling sorry about what you did. Because most everybody has that. And it's not enough to have just an intellectual understanding of how I am a sinful person and understand, yes, I know I'm wrong. I know I've done this. But please hear this out. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, For the kind of sorrow. So this is what's happening. It's saying there is a type of sorrow that we should feel. It says the type, the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and it results in salvation. So it's not I feel sorry for myself or I feel sorry for what I did. No, 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 no. But a, a sorrow that leads you to repent and it leads you to salvation. That's the type of sorrow that God wants you to experience. It's not about coming forward, praying a prayer, crying some tears and walking out of this place. And a week later, you're doing the same thing you came here to pray for. That's not repentance. Or going to a camp or going to a, a, a retreat or going to whatever movement you want to go to and think that God did a work in your life and you're okay for a month, two months, and then you're back in the same things that you were doing. That's not repentance. Repentance is to look at yourself, understand your state before God, which is unholy, and say, I am unworthy. I repent and I turn from that. And that leads me to searching for truth. And the only way I can search for truth is through the scriptures. I spend time with God. I spend time in his word that will turn my life from my past and lead me to a true, genuine relationship with God. I don't know what is being said everywhere else, but I need you to understand that we need to have a genuine repentance before God. Because then we are only playing church. So the rest of the verse says there's no regret for that kind of sorrow. Listen to the last part. But worldly sorrow which lacks repentance, 
results in spiritual death. So this is how it looks. In the pursuit of holiness, I must love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and all my strength. That's Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven for reference. In the pursuit of holiness, I must love my neighbor like I love myself. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. In the pursuit of holiness, I must do all things without grumbling. Philippians two fourteen. What does that mean? Oh, I guess I'll go to church today. It's Sunday. Oh, I guess I'll help. Oh, like grumbling for the things that are pleasing to God. Let me ask you a question. Do you hate the things that God hates? Or do we kind of accept some of the things that he hates? In the pursuit of holiness, I have to cast all my anxieties before Jesus because he cares for me. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. So if you are dealing with something today, cast all your anxieties to God. Because he loves you and he cares for you. Trust in him and him alone. But the most important thing we need to be doing is repenting. First John chapter 1 verse 9 it says, But if we confess our sins to him. You remember the last time you confessed your sins to God? Remember what that looks like? It looks like a genuine moment with God where you can get in your closet, in your room, shut the door and kneel and cry out to your father and say, I repent of my sins. I can no, I, no, I can no longer hide from you. Forgive me of my sins. And it says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. And the problem is that when we don't see that we need repentance, we are living a lie. But if we confess our sins to him, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. There is hope. There is still hope. Today you are here, you are watching. There is still hope. Right? Because we woke up and I can say today, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I understand my position. I need you to take control of my life. I need you to be sovereign over my life. I need you to be everything in my life. It's got everything in your life. I'll finish with this. So is this possible? Is this really possible? Can I live a life that is holy before the eyes of God? Is that real? Is that possible? Thank you for asking. Ephesians chapter 1 gives us the answer, verse 4 and 5. Is it possible to really live a holy life? Look at what it says. Even before he made the world. 
All right, so let's pause. Before anything was in existence, you were in the mind of God, in the heart of God. Can you understand that? Think about your name. John, Peter, Luke, whatever you are, right? Think about it. You were in the heart of God, in the mind of God, even before he made the world. It says God loved us and chose us in Christ to be, to be what? Holy. It's okay to say holy in church. To be holy without fault in his eyes. I want you to know that you don't have to keep sinning. You don't have to keep living the life that you're living. Because God says in his word that before he created anything, he loved me and he chose me so that I could live a holy life without fault in his eyes through Jesus Christ. Do you see how everlasting his love is? There is no question that God's plans are better than my plans. There is no question that he has something better for me. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It wasn't up to you or up to me. He wanted it that way. And it gave him great pleasure. How good is your God? How good is the God that we sing to, that we pray to, that we worship? He is eternally good. Eternally good. He has, there is nothing you can pay him back with. For him to think of us in this way, it makes us fall on our knees and our face and just say, thank you. Thank you. Even if you're going through struggles, thank you because you loved me before any of this. I pray that all of us can see this through Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can and have been chosen to live holy lives. And I'll end with this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. For God saved us and called us to live holy lives. So he did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, like we just read, to show us his grace. Through Christ Jesus. And verse 10 finishes with, And now he has made all of this plain to us. By the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior, he broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immorality through the good news, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So please, I'm telling you today, place your hope in Christ. Repentance is what this world needs. We don't need seven steps for a better you. We don't need a better life for anything else. We need Jesus 
to be everything in our lives. And until you and I can see that, we'll just live a life of repetitive and constant sin until we recognize that we need Jesus to change, to save, to transform, to remove, to change our mind, to renew everything in us. Thank you so much for listening to the Osana Houston podcast. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to email us at info at OsanaHouston.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Osana Houston. If you would like to donate, visit our website, OsanaHouston.org.